Welcome, everyone, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. This is episode 31. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> let's kill that bass head. All right, let's do this. I'm on the air. We on the air. We got this pockets flow. It's me and Tony on the mics. We got to let you know. Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still thinks we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow. Our spoken word is all the things you really want to know. Having a good time on the show, T-Bows and Maddie G. Tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the FAP. Welcome back, everyone, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Bowes, and sitting across from me is the space between Matty G's shin and thigh. Uh, but seriously, Matty G is doing uh, well. He's uh, done his post-surgery follow-up, and uh, he should be back to us uh, anytime soon. Uh, in the meantime, please allow me to introduce a very interesting individual. Uh, his, he is skilled in both stage and screen productions, both in front and behind the camera. He also lent his voice out for a 2017 Steam video game, Tubor, I Will Defend, was the name of the title. Uh, he is an actor, a producer, an all-around suave gentleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome actor Patrick Harney. Patrick, thanks for joining All us today. Thank, yeah, man, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, we're super excited. Uh, we've got uh, lots of things to talk about you today, but before we do that, let's get into the news. We've got our first article. It is titled, Driver Hits Trifecta of Three Speeding Tickets in One Hour. So... Oh. Yeah, right? Uh, so a motorist uh, with an apparent lead foot was pulled over for speeding three times in one hour. The trifecta happened on February 16th in the southwest Minnesota uh, with the Minnesota State Patrol reporting the 24-year-old South Dakota man was stopped three times in the Pipestone County. Uh, first up, Pipestone County deputy ticketed a man going for 92 miles an hour in a 60 miles an hour zone. Minutes later, a trooper caught up to him blazing fast 115 miles an hour in a 60 miles an hour zone. And um, after releasing the driver, the trooper noticed the vehicle speeding yet again. Uh, and the third time, he was stopped and cited uh, for speeding and oh, and for not wearing his seatbelts. Um, slow down. The Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, how, how did he not get arrested at that point? Like, I don't... <laughs> yeah, so at, at that oh point, uh, he was charged. Uh, now, there's no word if the guy still has his license or anything, uh, but he he is facing a court now at this point. So after... I mean, let's be yeah. honest. Like, there aren't a lot of times in, in Ontario do you get to speed without getting a single ticket. Um, and, <laughs> and, of course, you've got that point system where you start losing points off your license to the point where they just take it away or impound your car. Uh, let me tell you, at 115 miles per hour, you would be losing your car up here. Oh yeah, yeah. So... No, yeah, that's 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 insane. It's, <laughs> well, and it's funny because uh, um, it's it's funny you bring that up because I actually just got a speeding ticket the other day. So um, that worked out well. Oh, how man, how going... fast were you going? Oh, not that fast. I, it was only a five over ticket, so okay, um, not that bad. But uh, but oh my gosh, the guy was going. What, the first one, I think, was, was 92 like 30 miles 60. an hour over, yeah. and, then, and then... And then 50, uh, like 60, miles 65 hour miles hour over. Sorry, 55. Yeah, I'm surprised after the first one they didn't... Uh, they didn't haul him away. Yeah. Good grief. So what's the... What's the I hope the, it was a fast car, at least. Right. 
<laughs> Toyota Camry. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just shaken apart at the bolts as he's going. <laughs> so what is the average cost of, say, going five miles over? Uh, let's see, for, uh, for me, it was 125. For five miles out? Oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah. So this guy going 55 miles per hour over the speed limit, I, I can't even imagine how much that would cost. Well, I think there's like a cap. I mean, it, I mean, it all depends on the state. But uh, <laughs> Well, there you but go. I, if, I think there is a cap. So. If you're going to hit the limit, you might as well go as fast as possible because it caps out. <laughs> exactly. You might as well just go for it. So. Yeah, exactly. So, And I guess the real kicker is I'm sure he got another ticket on top of, for the fact he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Yeah, man, jeez. <laughs> I can't even imagine that many in an hour. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, at this point, he really should have gone into the past if it was a, if if Back to the Future had anything to do with that. Yeah, really. Right? <laughs> He's gone over the eighty-eight miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, speaking of which, kind of this is a nice segue into the next article um, because the article on the on the next um, the, the title for the next article was "Parents Let Boy Eleven Drive Car Because They Were Fed Up with Him Playing Grand Theft Auto All Day." Hmm. I, I feel like that this is sense. already horrible parenting, but the the police yeah. in yeah, the police in Blackpool had found an eleven year old boy driving in a car with his parents who were trying to stop him playing Grand Theft Auto all day. Uh the member of the boy's family what? told the cops that they were fed up with him playing video games and they decided to give the child the driving lesson instead. Um officers from Lancashire police stopped the red Voxel. Oh, it's a Voxel Astra. What do you know? You know you're definitely looking at the European cars when. Uh, in yeah. Basically stopped him in the, the car park in Blackpool um, after having reported. There have been multiple reports uh, for um, a child driving a car. Uh, the sp- police spokesperson uh, said that it was an 11-year-old that was driving. Yes, 11. And the family member was basically fed up with him playing PlayStation, so they brought him out to practice a car. Now, there was a lot of back and forth flack on on um, on social media where people said, well, that's that's not really a big deal. I mean, I learned when I was like 13 and, and it's not that far off where, you know, you, you get in your car with a parent, you drive around in a parking lot or something. Uh, other people turn around saying, he's 11. There's no need he should be driving a car. Yeah. Well, also, like, it's the, I think it's the reasoning, too. Like, if you don't want her to play Grand Theft Auto all day, just take the video game away right so seems like a pretty simple simple (laughs) thing it's true but no let's just get let's just get an 11 year old behind the car and you know or behind the wheel and just let him go like okay yeah Yeah, i don't get that so we're i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna tack on a little extra to this um because it's really funny that it was an 11 year old up here in ontario we had the exact same problem a boy that was 11 year old, but he led a police on a dangerous car chase after playing Grand Theft Auto. So he <laughs> he upped it, and um, basically the the driver was uh, driving on the motorway in Ontario, and the police spotted him driving erratically. So they thought, oh, okay, here we go. It's a it's a drunk driver. So once the the police officer caught up to him, um, and and he was going well over the speed limit, he started flashing his lights, and he looked over and saw that it was a child in control of the car. Um, the police say that the, the vehicle came to a complete stop on the shoulder after which the officer exited his cruiser and the kid stepped on the gas and pulled away, merging back into traffic. 
Um, he started weaving up and uh, and down through the through the cars when eventually the officer had to call in for backup, in which they boxed him in and they were able to pull him over to the side of the road. Um, the the police escorted the child back home uh, and had the van towed, leaving the punishment up to his parents, who were apparently sleeping at the time the child stole the car. Wow. Uh, and and his excuse was he was playing Grand Theft Auto and wanted to know what it was like to do it with a real car. So, two children, <laughs> I mean, both eleven years old. I mean, if he can go that far, you know, if he can get that far, I mean, that's a pretty good skill for an eleven-year-old. Right, looking at driving as a profession. <laughs> and and the other thing wow. is, all I could think of is, as he's driving and trying to outrace the cops, did was he like, that's one star? Oh, oh, that's two stars. <laughs> until until he's boxed and he's like, wah wah, five stars. <laughs> yeah. So well, well, I mean, it's a good thing he didn't hit anybody. You know, that's like isn't that like a five star? And and well, that's the thing. Yeah. So the 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 police said it was a miracle. There was absolutely zero damage to anybody's vehicles, and nobody got hit. So the kid essentially did a great job <laughs> driving at high speeds on busy traffic and avoiding the cops for several like hours. Like that's at eleven years old. Yeah. So not only is that fantastic, then I thought, okay, so this child is going to go home and he's going to get in trouble. But who's really to blame here? In both cases, I feel like this is parental blame. And and yeah. why is because why would you go and buy your 11-year-old child a video game that's extre- that is blatantly uh, labeled mature audience and you must be at least 17? Yeah. Right? Exactly. So, I I feel like sure this kid's going to go home, parents are probably going to be pissed, but they're not really going to punish him because they did it themselves. They yeah. actually have no right to yeah, punish them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's on you at that point. Right? So I feel like yeah. this is this is truly a case of um, bad parenting. Um, now, I, and I, this is where I get a little upset because from time to time I used to really enjoy playing video games. And um, for me, I, I like the fact that it was uh, uh, very story-driven. So uh, – you know, you often go, and this is my argument when I when I used to buy video games, um, that, well, I could go out to a movie and spend between popcorn and the movie and a drink about $40, and I'll sit down for an hour and a half to two hours and watch a movie. Or I can spend fifty nine ninety nine and I can play this for 40 hours. What's truly the better value here? Right. Both very different experiences, though. It's true. Now, as an actor, you know, I'm pretty sure you're saying, like, hey, you should be going to the movies. <laughs> Support those movies. Well, <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, I, I, mean, I do both. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, think, I think when it comes to, like, when it comes to gaming, like, that's a very interactive, you know, experience. And it's a, it's a very different form of entertainment, in my opinion. And whereas it's even movie, better. you're kind of going, whereas in a, in a movie, you're going to, you know, um, watch some of your favorite you know your favorite actors or actresses work and you get to watch some of your favorite storylines and um you know maybe watch some things blow up or laugh a bunch and you know i, I feel like it's a really different it, it's hard to compare the two mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because of how different their their experiences are so but so, yeah, more, i don't know i've yeah more and more people and more and more um actors are, are actually getting into voice work for video games as i'm sure you know and um yeah. it, it's it's becomes a very fine line, right? Because, I mean, you look at something, say, like Batman, and then you play the Batman Arkham games where they are 
beautifully rendered. So it almost looks real. It's like watching a movie. The voice actors are there uh, between between, uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, uh, a great uh, opposition. The story is absolutely beautiful. Uh, You get the special effects and you get to do it all from your living room. And um, yes, it does cost a little bit more, but you end up playing for a lot more. And you get to control the outcome of of people's fates and stuff through the game. So I kind of like the interactive end of it, like you said. Uh, but at the same time, there, there's a guilty pleasure being able to just separate, sit down, watch, and not actually have to do anything. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I think, um, and that's why it's kind of sad it, that I think that a lot of um, numbers for like movie theaters and everything have gone down mm-hmm. because of streaming services and all that stuff. Because there's nothing like going, you know, going to the movie to, you know, getting the snacks and, you know, the popcorn, smelling the popcorn, and this mm. whole experience of it, sitting down and watching it on this massive screen with a bunch of other people in the room, you know, so everybody's reacting to the same stuff. And yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing like that, in my opinion. And the fact that, you know, some of those experiences are, aren't being valued as much mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad, at least in my opinion. You know, and, and it's, so technology has has obviously made the movie industry move forward so much. And I kind of remember when I go back to theaters and stuff when I was a kid and everything was run on film. Uh, yeah, sometimes the film skips. Sometimes it was a problem. Sometimes it didn't start on time, which you generally don't have to deal with, with from the digital age now. Um, but it's true. Like the theaters were – there was an environment to the theaters. Uh, you know, it was – dimly lit. Uh, there was the red velvet everywhere. Um, snacks, like nobody made popcorn as good as a movie theater popcorn did. Um, so, so, and it was, it was true experience per se. I mean, and maybe nowadays because we've become so technical, it's kind of stripped away the romanticism of the movies. Um, but then the flip side to that is we've got much better special effects, which leads a longer lasting impression maybe with, with a lot of movies. Yeah, I think um, you know. I think with the with the digital digital age, um, I think it's it's kind of uh, yeah. I don't know. I think I think it it has its good goods and its bads. You know, yeah. it's, it's a pros and cons. And but in terms of you know that movie theater experience, I mean, again, I think that you know it's cool for families to be able to go or, you know, going on a date night or something, you know, mm. and being able to, you know, see it as a way to get away from reality for a couple hours. And, you know, you can, I mean, there's a lot of theaters now that get, you know, they give you service so you can get waited on. Yep. Um, you can even get you know, alcohol. Almost, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's, it's one of those things that, uh, that I feel like you just can't really get at home. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can get a big, big, massive, you know, projector screen or something. If Not you without my but wife giving me the hair eyeball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but at the, you know, but at the same time, it's just it's not the same, you know, yeah. as as the, as the theater. I mean, you get yep. the, the the surround sound elements of, of the theater and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's just a lot more powerful. Like like for me, when I saw Interstellar, I mean, that, I mean, that's my favorite movie. And when I saw that movie uh, in the theater, I was just like blown away. But now, if I were to watch it like on my laptop or like the TV, yeah, it's still great, but it's it doesn't have the same impact that it did when I saw it in the theater. Yeah, you, know? you catch yourself and you're like, eh, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, 
And, and and of course now as we're going, a lot of people end up having 3D and stuff at home. Uh, I mean, speaking of of like space movies, I mean, when I saw Avatar on on this big screen and it was the first real true digital 3D movie I saw, um, I was just blown away from from the field of of depth as well as um, just the the fact that like oh hey here's there's there's the actors back there. And there's space. And now, oh, look at the foreground. You can see the grass blowing in the wind. And, oh, my God, even closer, there are little bugs in your peripherals. And and things that I would have never thought anybody would go to great lengths to create, let alone most people get so fixated on looking at the actors and actresses, they don't take the time to look around. So things that you were able to see in theater, they never quite – came over to television the same way. So when you when you tried to put it on your own 3D screen, it was good, but it wasn't the same experience. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, I was kind of I was kind of uh turned off with 3D pretty uh, pretty early because of Avatar mm-hmm. because when I because when I went to go see it, um and I wear contacts that way I could see far away. Uh-huh. So I get a, I, I get headaches from from 3D because Oh, of that. yeah. But when I went to go see it, I went with a group of friends and uh, we were dumb and didn't get tickets ahead of time. So I kid you not, I was literally sitting in the front row all the way on the end. So I'm looking like cranking my neck all the way up to the right, trying to see this 3d movie that's supposedly coming at me at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. It was just the worst possible spot to sit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I was like that for the original Jurassic Park. (laughs) It was like right at the very first seat. So my neck was cranked up so high that I walked out with such a bad headache because my neck hurt so bad. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that, that's speaking of, of movies. Let's, uh, let's kind of turn things over to you. Let's, let's talk movies. Let's talk yeah. more about movies. <laughs> um, yeah. Or, um, or even let's let's you know like the, I like to when I say movies I generally talk about uh, you know general screen and um, and television. So uh, you you have several uh, several TV series now I think uh, under your belt. Um, a few which are are just finishing uh, post production I believe. Well, yeah, I've actually got I've got um, I got a couple shows. One of them is called Electron Blade that the that the pilot is being finished up. Um, in terms of post and okay. then, you know, and then hopefully it'll get out there and hopefully, you know, get picked up by somebody. But, um, but I'm actually starting up a series and I film, I'm not sure when this will air, but I film, uh, this Sunday. So it's called half blood and, um, it's a really, really cool story. And it's, it's a, uh, it's a vampire series. Okay. Um, but it's a very, it's a very gritty, um, you know, very, pretty dark series, but it's really, really well written. Um, and, uh, and I play this character named Nicholas who, um, he's kind of the, he's kind of the brainy, you know, the brain guy. Um, mm-hmm. I can't really say a whole lot about it, but I was gonna uh, say, how much, how much can you tell us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but basically, you know, there's just a bunch of these, these vampire clans and, um, you know, yeah, I mean that's, that's, that's really all. <laughs> yeah, like, so I'm under this uh, license that says I can't say this or this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just keep thinking back to my NDA. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, are but, uh, Are you able to tell us like what what kind of time period are we looking at? Like, is it is it a future flick? Is it a, a present flick? Does it take place in the past? 
No, no, it, it's more of a present day okay. um, thing. What what I can say is that it's it's not like your like Twilight type series. It's much more of like a Tarantino esque okay. series. Good. Um, no offense so, to the yeah, Twilight only... fans out there, but I, I got tired of glittery vampires. I wanted my classic was... blood and gore. <laughs> I was just gonna say, there's no twinkling in the sunlight or anything. Yep. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so so we'll start that. Uh, they actually started filming. Uh, let's see, they started filming today or yesterday, um, and then I'll be there on Sunday uh, to film my stuff for the first episode and. Um, it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be eight episodes in the first season. It'll be on Amazon Prime this fall. So I'm really looking forward to that coming out. Um, and then also, um, I've got a film called Locker 42 that I'm acting and producing on um, that we're looking to start shooting this fall. But, uh, yeah, right now we're just in the process of, you know, getting funding and, um, you know, making sure that we have our cast and crew lined up and, um you know, meanwhile, doing shot breakdowns and, um, you know, finding locations and all that stuff. So, so there will be a, um, there will be a crowdfunding page for that as well for people to get involved and, you know, for, for people to donate toward the film and and potentially be a part of the film. Okay. Um, you know, so, so that will go up as well. Um, but yeah, you know, we, uh, it's, it's a really, really cool, it's like a crime thriller. Um, feature film and uh, Jeff Cap with with Vigil Entertainment. He's directing it and he co-wrote it with with Nolan Bryant, um, who uh, lives in Toronto, I believe. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then and then actually my cousin Axel Harney, he is also starring in it with me as well. Um, ah, like he, a family reunion. He's, he, yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, and, and he's producing on it with, with his production company, Axton Films, so, or Axton Productions. So, um, so yeah, so we're getting going on that. And, um, I got another film coming out called The Denny Dooley Story. I've just got a little, uh, small part in it, and that'll be coming out in the fall. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, so I've got, uh, I've got some stuff, some stuff cooking that, um, yeah. I'm excited to, to have it come out and be released. So. That's good. Uh, now, I was uh, reading a brief synopsis about Locker 42, and it seemed uh, quite thrilling, actually. Um, do, do you have anything that you can tell our listeners a little bit more about on that one? I know it's, it's still kind of in that kind of pre-production stage, so you can't, yeah. you can't say too much. But um, uh, can you give us like a brief synopsis? Yeah, well, we do have some, some roles cast as well um, that, that I know we'll, we'll be announcing uh, within the next couple months. Um, but it's, so part of the story takes place in the nineties and part of the story takes place in the present day. Okay. So basically what happens is, um, you know, there's this case that gets, um, it's like a homicide case that, um, that happens now. And it is very, very similar to a cold case from back in the nineties that, you know, it was never solved. And, Okay. Um, and so, so I am playing a, a rookie cop who, um, you know, our police department calls in this detective, which is going to, which is my cousin, um, calls in this detective to help 
uh, to help solve the case because we, we just, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we know that there's a connection to it, but, um, you know, but, but the detective would, has better expertise in that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, and we, it just ends up, you know, opening up this whole can of worms that, um, you know, there's a lot of different twists and turns and a lot of things that happen that nobody would, ex- would expect to happen just by, you know, investigating this case. So, um, so yeah, so I'm really excited to see, you know, see it come, come to fruition. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get shooting on it. You know, we, we've been working on it for a while now and, uh, trying to get it going. It, it was originally going to be, um, a series of three short films called, uh, called storage. Well, I shot the first part or the first short film called storage. Okay. Um, and the idea was kind of broken down. It wasn't as, you know, as big and as complex, but I remember telling Jeff, I said, dude, I said, this is a, like, you should make this a film. Like, this is a great story. Mm-hmm. And so kind of going back and forth with it, you know, and then finally he texted me one day and he goes, I think we're going to do it. And I was like, what's that? And he goes, I think we're going to make it a new film. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Uh, there's a lot of cool action that's going to be in it. And, uh, and there are some humorous elements too. You know, it's not all serious the whole time because mm-hmm. life's not all serious the whole time. Yep, so, sure. um, so yeah, yeah, that, that'll be a lot of fun. That's good. Now this isn't your, your first kind of police betrayal. You, you also did something called uh, DPD echo one. Yeah, I did a, uh, it was a proof of concept video. Um, it was called, it was called DPD echo one. And, it's the hope is that it'll become a series. Um, I mean, it's, I've, I've read some of the scripts for the first few episodes that, uh, that Joe Maloof has, has sent me mm-hmm. and they're, I mean, it's a really, really cool story. And, and it's, it's kind of like your classic cop drama, okay. you know, um, it's like a buddy cop drama. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, I, you know, I really hope that, that someday it can get made and, um, yeah, I guess we'll see how that goes, but yeah. uh fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, I mean I haven't really heard a whole whole lot about it lately, but um but I mean, you never know. Things can Yeah, you know, things can, can sit happen. dormant for quite some time and then just spring up suddenly, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's funny, I was looking at uh, your headshot uh, before the show and uh you have kind of like a a, a young Carl Urban look. Um, if, if anything, you, you could, you two could pass very, very well. And, and it made me wonder if at, at any time, like I, I could see a film where it's kind of got, um, you know, like a, a looper style where you've got an old Bruce Willis and a young Bruce Willis. Um, yeah. I, I, I could see you easily playing a, a, a younger Keith Urban in a, in a, like a time kind of show. Uh, if that was ever produced, would that be something you'd be interested in? Like, would you, would, would you work oh with a Carl Urban. Yeah. Carl Urban. He's, um, I mean, I, I remember him all the way back from Lord of the Rings. You know, yeah. he, uh, yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. And, he's um, fantastic. Did a good judge. Drive. And also, you know, also just to be able to work with him. I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For I was, sure. I was trying to, you know, I, my, my goal is to always try to work with, uh, with as good of talent as there is out there just because I want to, you know, be able to learn as much as I can just from, work with those people and i mean mm-hmm. they have a lot more experience than i do obviously so you know i'm a sponge when it comes to when it comes to film and acting so that's good um, you know so yeah just a- anything i can learn from from anyone i'm 
happy to do it. So mm-hmm. now, um, you used to do stage acting. What what mm-hmm. what is what do you find is the greatest hurdle to overcome from from a stage actor to to becoming a film actor? Um, I would say patience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because film is much more tedious. It's much more, um, you know, time consuming. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, you could be on set for hours and hours and hours and only film. 30 minutes worth of stuff or an hour worth of stuff. Um, you know, when it comes to the stage, you're constantly rehearsing just over and over and over and over and constantly doing something. Um, you know, so I think it's what I feel like it's almost easier to stay in that character on when you're doing a stage show or Mm -hmm. a stage, you know, or or rehearsing for a, a show. Whereas a film, you know, they call cut and then you're sitting there for a couple hours or an hour or so. Mm -hmm. You got to make sure that you can snap right back into that character, you know, in a moment's notice. And that's why I think some people just try to stay in character all the time. Yeah. Which I have, I have yet to be able to really do successfully. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because I don't know, I like to, I like to be able to, relax in between yeah and so if i'm playing a really tense character i don't want to be tense off camera too you know what i mean yeah you can only so, imagine what like jared leto went through when he was doing the joker i mean he was on 24 7 for like the month that took them to film that movie <laughs> yeah and see to me like i i feel like you know doing that can kind of get to people mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. um which you know i wouldn't i wouldn't want to at least yeah um you know, and 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 also, I like kind of you know joking around and having fun, keeping things light on mm-hmm. the set. And so, you know, if you know when I'm on the when I'm on the you know, on my mark in front of the camera or whatever, then I'll you know I'll do whatever I have to do. But the second they all cut, you know, I I I can snap out of it pretty easily and then jump back in okay. pretty easily. So yeah, I guess the 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 flip side to that is on stage. Um, like you said, you've got tons of rehearsed and tons of rehearsed, but then when it comes to the actual production, you don't get to mess up. Whereas in a film, you mess up, well, it's yeah. fine. We cut, you do a quick retake, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. Stage, I used to get like violently like ill and not throwing up or anything, but mm-hmm. before a show, like I couldn't eat at all during the whole day um, just because I would just be such a bundle of nerves. And, and I would have to like isolate myself like five, 10 minutes before, um, you know, before we walk out on stage, because I'd have to like calm myself down. Um, you know, but I, I mean, the second I stepped on stage, I was fine, but Mm -hmm. it was just everything leading up to it was so miserable, which is kind of why I, I I stepped away from the stage. Um, just because, you know, I, and also I'm much, I'm much more, uh, I'm much more intrigued at like the subtleties of film and like the subtleties of a performance rather okay. than this big grand, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was just much better at the smaller things mm-hmm. rather than, you know, the big, that one big massive film. production at the end. Yeah. 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 yeah so for sure. Um, and now you did, uh, you mentioned a, a sci-fi piece. Um, and, and I was kind of curious, I mean, com- from, doing cop shows and, and a lot of these other pieces and stage acting, like how did you find something that was a little bit more futuristic? 
Um, I actually, I, I responded to a casting call uh, through a friend of mine. And, um, you know, and I kind of read up on the concept a little bit when I saw some um, some artwork and some some visual work ahead of time that they're kind of using as like a display to kind of show what the what the world would be like and i just thought it was really really cool okay um, and it was very different it was very different from what i what i was doing at that time so you know that also intrigued me and i don't yep. have to really do the same thing twice unless it's like an actual character you know the same character but yeah um so yeah i i, I, mean, I don't think it was like a Conscious, conscious decision to say, you know, oh, I want to do sci-fi, but I think it was just more so it was different yep. than what I had done. And you're like, and hey, why not? We'll try this. I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I saw it as a challenge. So, um, so that's another show that I hope uh, that I hope gets gets going. But now, did, did you find kind of like a nice segue between that and and voice acting for for video games? Uh, actually, no. <laughs> no? Um, it was completely random. Yeah, I um, I had. Uh, I had another friend actually that had said that uh, he, he kind of referred me. Um, he knew the voice that I had and, and what I could do with my voice. And so he reached out he, and he knew the, the video game creator. And so they, he kind of put me in contact with him. And um, so myself and the, the creator started talking a little bit and mm-hmm. yeah, it happened pretty quick. So um yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't really connected at all. It was just pretty random. Mm-hmm. So. And it's kind of neat because you see a lot of actors nowadays. Um, you know, they they really get their lips wet with with film, and 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 sometimes we'll, they'll do film, then they'll jump to stage, and then maybe they'll they'll hit video games and stuff. And and you kind of did a a bit of different order, but it's kind of nice that you've you're you've already experienced a lot of these different genres that you now have under your belt at this point. Yeah, you know, I I, I want to be as versatile as I can, mm-hmm. and um, you know, also the way I see it is, you know, the more that I can do or the more experience that I have in different things, the more doors open up. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so that way, if somebody says, well, "I need somebody for this kind of thing," like, "Oh, I've done that before, I can do it again." Yeah. So, um, I don't know. That that's just kind of how I've, I've always seen it. For sure. Now, if you had to choose uh, acting voiceover work or say directing what would you like to do acting you, you still like acting through and through good that's excellent oh uh, yeah oh yeah wonderful all right well we've got uh time to jump into our rapid fire questions if you're ready for that rapid fire questions. for the, the listeners who are just joining us today uh you uh, what i'm going to do is i'm going to ask patrick 20 quick questions and he just has to give me the first thing that comes into his head no matter how ridiculous it could be <laughs> all right, I'll try. All right, here we go. Question one. Favorite movie of all time? Interstellar. Two. Uh, favorite Marvel character? Oh, Iron Man. Good. Uh, favorite food? Ooh, pasta. Favorite book? The Great Gatsby. Favorite DC character? Ooh, Superman. Okay. Uh, favorite song from the past year? Oh, favorite song from the past year? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, boy, boy. Uh, I would say Kings and Queens by Matt Carney. Okay. Uh, name a role you'd love to have. A World War II soldier. Cool. Uh, beer, scotch, or wine? 
Ooh, I'd go beer. Uh, PC or Mac? Mac. Would you like to do your own stunts? Yes. Uh, Putin or fish and chips? Fish and chips. Uh, iPhone or Android? iPhone. Metallica or ACDC? ACDC. Handshake or fist bump? Handshake. Weirdest secret talent? Oh, um, I can do a Kermit the Frog impression. Would you do that for us? <laughs> Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> that works. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Hansen, you'd be proud. Um, <laughs> top director you'd love to work with? Christopher Nolan. Uh, have you ever peed on something public? Uh, I mean, I guess a, a tree. Yeah, that's public. The dogs do it all the time. <laughs> uh, your, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your worst fear? My worst fear? Oh, uh, burning alive. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, that definitely is up there. Uh, boxers or briefs? Uh, I'm a briefs guy. Okay. Uh, favorite podcast you've been on in the last 12 hours? <laughs> um, I don't think I really have one. No, I'm just saying this one for sure. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'll take that one. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, uh, we're kind of rounding things out. Do you have any uh, social media or anything you'd like to pitch or, or ways that people can get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. It's uh, at phines194, P-H-A-R-N-S-194. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at Official P. Harney. Um, and then also find me on, on IMDb to keep up with all the projects that I'm doing. Uh, there's constantly, you know, getting some new stuff put on there. And um, But, yeah, you can find me on, on all those social medias. And especially, you know, once the crowdfunding campaign goes up for Lock 42, mm-hmm. keep an eye out for that. Uh, and I also post about all the projects that I have uh, going on. So, like, Half-Blood, when that... When that um, goes on Amazon Prime this fall. I'll definitely be blasting the social media about that. So, Perfect. Yeah, but that, that's pretty much everywhere you can find me. Wonderful. And for any of our listeners that are driving up right now, we'll make sure that we post that up under our guest page uh, under Patrick Harney's uh, profile. And um, other than that, uh, Patrick, thank you very much for taking uh, some time out of your day to, to uh, chat with us. And we'd love to uh, hopefully circle back around with you uh, once everything's launched on uh, on Amazon uh, for uh, Half-Bloods and uh, find out how things are going and uh, hopefully that they'll be uh, booking for a season two. Definitely. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, and I appreciate your time. Excellent. Wonderful. Have yourself an amazing evening. And you do the same. Thanks. Take care. So this is a good time for us to pitch our social media. You could get us on our website. Thefap.ca. On uh, Twitter. Is Thefap4. You can get us on Instagram. Is the Fab Podcast. Don't forget our Facebook. The Freaking Awesome Podcast. And uh, you can always reach out via email. The Fab Podcast at gmail.com. I'm on the air. We on the air. We got this podcast. Ah, uh, uh, not again. What a tweet. <laughs>